Thank you for your attention, and we hope you enjoy your flight. On today's episode of Back Alley Banter, we get in the Christmas spirit and learn about traditions around the world with a Christmas trivia type episode. Pour yourself some eggnog, hot cocoa, cider, or mulled wine and settle in as Maya and I humor you with yet another conversation about the taboo, mainstream, and everything in between. Now Dasher, now Dancer, on Comet, on Cupid, on Cat, on Maya. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is is a transformative way to work out. Sweat Connected has a mission to help you feel your best. Each expert instructor brings their signature method directly to you, wherever you are in the world via Zoom. When you take a Sweat Connected class, you are able to interact with your instructor and other participants in class, just like you would in a live studio experience. Whether you've been a group's fitness participant for years or are newer, you will feel at home with Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is exclusively offering our listeners 50% off their first class by going to sweatconnected.com and using the code POD. That's code POD, P-O-D, at sweatconnected.com for 50% off your first class. Sweat Connected for all levels, all ages, all sizes, all humans. I can't find my phone. This is not a good thing since it's on vibrate. (laughs) I'm still on call. Yes, of course. I didn't want to have it on because my mom was texting me, but I didn't want to have it just off either. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. Because that is the time that you will get called. Right. Melikaliki Maka. Hi, everyone. Uh, Been to Hawaii, Maya? It's just with the weather that we've been having lately, it's not feeling very much like a winter wonderland or like a tropical Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I'm not inclined to wear socks and shoes anyway, but really not now. I still do have my Sorrells in my car just in case. But yeah, definitely went to work on Saturday without a jacket. And and then you came back and you were still able to not wear a jacket? Oh, flying? Yeah, I went to work Thursday and Friday without a jacket. Went to work at the store without a jacket. Left the store without a jacket. Yeah, I'm a rebel. You are a rebel. I'm just a hot mess 90% of the time. That's why. (laughs) I fear that I would be tempting the weather gods. So I always bring that jacket and lug it around even if I don't wear it. I can still wear flip-flops because there's no snow on the ground. So it's a good day. I was so happy the other day when I went to pick up kiddo and there was a dad and he was wearing cargo shorts. Yeah. My favorite is the cargo shorts, the winter jacket and the toque though. That's true. And I'm guilty of that in the summertime. I will wear um, like a scarf mm-hmm. with a tank top. Why? <laughs> like like, a, like a, a thin scarf, you mean? Not yeah. like a bulky, chunky. No, like not like a knit scarf. Yeah. I'm talking like full on winter jacket, toque, shorts. And shorts on. Yeah. We see that from people coming out of um, tropical destinations, right? When Well, no, they won't even wear a jacket. That's true. And they're still in their shorts and tank top. And or then... boarding the flight for leaving in minus 40 with their mm-hmm. spaghetti strap. And it's one thing that I've explained to my parents who are snowbirds as well, because they like to change in the aircraft, um, like in the aircraft lab on the way home. At the same time, I'm like, dress for coming home and dress for leaving home because you do not want to be caught out if something goes awry on that plane and you're in 40 below weather or in the middle of nowhere and you're stuck in shorts and a tank top. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't want to think that it's like the worst possible case scenario, but you got to plan for the worst. So our fun fact for Monday is if you're leaving Canada and it's minus 45, trust for minus 45. If you are going back to Canada and it is going to be minus 45 and you are leaving plus 45, it's uncomfortable. But for the love of all that is holy, dress in something that is easy to layer up so that when you do arrive in your destination, that you are dressed and ready to go for the minus 45. So yes, wear your shorts, wear your tank top, because you're waiting outside on that tarmac in Cozumel is not fun in winter gear, but definitely have those fleece lined leggings that you can throw on over top. Did you think that was you getting a phone call? No, I didn't even hear it. Oh, okay. Sorry to cut you off. I just, I started vibrating there and I was like, oh no, Maya's going to think she's getting called in. I would feel it on my watch, I think, but no, I didn't hear it. As long as it wasn't the school, I've got two notifications. Hang on a second here. Okay. Nope. It wasn't the school. Was it the insurance company? No, it wasn't the insurance company either. Let's dive right into this, shall we? Let's do it. We are doing our third rapid fire since we started this podcast passion project of ours. I don't know if I should call it a rapid fire because I didn't know if it really was, if it was Christmas trivia because it's not really that. I really didn't know what to call this one. I didn't want to go too, too much into traditions and that sort of thing because we're going to get into that a little bit more on our next episode, our Merry Christmas episode. But I wanted to have a little bit of fun with some Christmas puns and that sort of thing. So here we yeah, go. Yeah, I love it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, you can go first. You're the brainchild of this one. It's kind of more of a like a would you rather episode, yeah. I guess, for lack of a better term. I like it. We'll call it Christmas. Would you rather? It is and it isn't. But yeah, I think we could probably get away with calling it Christmas. Would you rather? It is not Christmas without what? Snow. See, I would no, disagree I with you on that. <laughs> I know. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. And I can't say that because I've spent tropical Christmases yeah. and they were amazing. It's not Christmas without family. No. It's not Christmas without Santa. I'm well, going to go with that. You're going to go with, without Santa? Yes. Okay, I'm going to challenge you on that because what about, like, it's still Christmas, What about people who celebrate Hanukkah or don't celebrate Christmas? It's still Christmas. (laughs) It's not Christmas without Maya. (laughs) When I typed that one out, my initial answer, like my initial response was, it's not Christmas without fighting. That's right. (laughs) What would you answer to that? Work. It's not Christmas without work. I haven't had a Christmas off in I don't know how long. I work. Are you kidding me? And the ones that, well, I had last Christmas off and that was just terrible. We don't even want to discuss that. But yeah, I actually am not the biggest Christmas fan. So are you okay working Christmas then or you're not? Yeah, no, most of the time I'm fine with it. What I'm not okay with it is when I have tried to get it off because my family would like to see me. And I work with the captain who says, so do you get home for the holidays? And I say no, but it's okay because I have to be okay with it. His next question is, well, do you have kids? And I say, no. And he says, oh, well, then I don't feel so badly for you. Ouch. Really? That's super insensitive. Why would Christmas be less important to you? Because you don't have children. 
because I'm not a human being unless you have children, according to him. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't. I, I was quick enough to say, no, but I do have parents and siblings and nieces and nephews that would love to have me around. Um, do you know exactly what you're getting for Christmas? Do I know? Yeah. And do you like knowing or do you prefer there being some surprise? Uh, this is a double-edged sword here for me because I know what I'm getting. One of them is upstairs right now being used. So I like knowing, especially with my husband, because my husband needs to be literally led to what I'm getting. I'm just saying he asks me to do that. So he gets exactly what I'm asking for. And sometimes he'll have questions like, I wanted um, a steam trunk for Christmas this year. And he's like, well, I need to know the dimensions and I need to know the color and I need to know, do you want it like the old school style of steam trunk? Or do you want like a wooden rustic looking steam trunk, like a hope chest looking one? Mm -hmm. So um, in saying that, that's the one gift that I do know about. And I prefer to know. And he prefers that I know. Will he still do things that are surprises above and beyond that? Or will be, that be it? No, he'll still do things that are surprises, but I still have to give him like a small list and he has to select from them. With my husband, I know. I always know. And then like that makes it a little bit easier for him shopping with kiddo too. And um, it does definitely. Whereas it's a big deal that he does not know what I get him. I pull out all the stops to make sure he does not know what I'm getting him. And is that his preference? He prefers it to be a surprise or is that your preference? Uh, I think that's my preference. Uh, he hasn't ever told me that he doesn't like what I get him. I think last year was the only time that he knew because he was very specific and he wanted those heated gloves with the USBs for his e-bike. I thought last year was the year that he got the bike. Two years ago, he got the bike. Oh. So last year he was very particular. However, most years, almost every other year, I try to surprise him and I prefer it that way and he's happy with it. Is he hard to shop for because he's one of those people that buys everything for themselves? Yes, he's so hard to buy for. It's so incredibly difficult to buy from a husband and he's very, very particular and picky. No. Yeah. And, and eccentric. What? <laughs> I find this very difficult to believe and brand new information. That's brand new information yeah. I just That's learned. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, How about you? Nada. You don't want to know? No, I'm not getting anything. Who would I get from? Well, you. I have no idea. No. I know what I'm getting you. I told you not to be a weirdo. And do you notice I didn't call you a shithead in that text? Because nope, I'm not. <laughs> and I said, don't go and be a weirdo. You're single yeah. and you are one person. We are three people with two incomes. I'm one person with two incomes. Yeah, but one person with two incomes out of necessity. I want you to enlighten me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this and I don't know it. Mm -hmm. Nova Scotia sends a tree to which U.S. city and why? We did not know the answer to this. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you because I wanted to see what you knew. Um, it's Boston. It's Boston. Can you explain why? In 19... Oh, I can't remember the year. 1917. Sorry, not 190 anything. It was 1917. December 6th, 1917. Um, so... You're, we're looking at 103. Yeah, 103 years ago. Wow. 103 years ago, there was a cargo ships. Uh, the Mont Blanc was laden with high explosives. It collided with a Norwegian vessel. 
in the Narrows, a strait connecting the upper Halifax Harbor to the Bedford Basin. A fire on board the Mont Blanc led to a massive explosion that devastated the Richmond district of Halifax. Approximately 2,000 people were killed in the blast. Debris, fire, or collapsed buildings, and an estimated 9,000 were injured. The blast was the largest human-made explosion at the time. So... Boston sent some help with that. And as a result, every year, Nova Scotia sends a huge tree to Boston as a thank you for their help. That is incredible. Um, So yeah, so that's why Nova Scotia sends a tree to Boston every year. And this year it's coming from Cape Breton. Or what? Really? Mm -hmm. I love it. I did not know that. Thank you. There's a similar story in London and I don't know how to say the name of the square. It starts with a T. T-R-A. Trafalgar Square. Thank you. They get a tree from Norway. And it's a similar type thing, but it may have something to do with the war. But you might know the answer better to that one. I'm going to look it up um, after this podcast because, or this episode. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Things that you learned while you're right? trying to and come I've done Christmas facts. Yeah, and I've been to that tree in Trafalgar Square and um, in the holiday season. So I don't know where the one in Boston actually gets put, but I do know that they send a tree every year to Boston. Oh, speaking of fun, random facts. Has Santa's suit always been red and white? No. I know the original colors. Was it green? It was? Okay. Green and white or green and red? I just saw green, but I don't know. Okay. And I don't know how I know that, but I remember reading it somewhere. Do you have any further information on the greenness? (laughs) I just have the answer was green. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is fun. All right. Let me ask you one. Why do we have Christmas trees? I want to know. I think it has something to do with, I want to say something about a pagan something or another, but I could be mistaken. Okay. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. The evergreen fir tree has traditionally been used to celebrate winter festivals, pagan and Christian, for thousands of years. Pagans used branches of it to decorate their homes during the winter solstice as it made them think of the spring to come. Christians use it as a sign of everlasting life with God. There we go. I knew it had something to do with paganism. Best-selling Christmas single of all time. I think it's the Mariah Carey one. You are wrong. Really? That's what everybody thinks. It's okay. actually White Christmas. That that makes perfect sense. Bing Crosby, White Christmas, I think. I don't know if it's actually the Bing Crosby version, but that's the version I know the best. Yeah. I thought it was going to be that or last Christmas you gave. I only heard it 700 times at the store the other day and I wanted to stab myself in the eye. The George Michael Wham version of it might be my favorite, but that song needs to stop. And the funny thing is I have not been hearing Christmas carols at all because I've been off of work. Yeah. Wow. I bet you it's Mariah Carey telling everybody that she has the most popular single out there for Christmas. Well, that's the one we think of, right? Like, And who doesn't love Bing Crosby? I believe that I have read the reason that Santa Claus and his suit is now red and white is because of Coca-Cola. You may be correct. We might need to do a fact check on that. Which I want to fact check. The next, we can include that in the next episode since we're doing the Merry Christmas episode, and that's going to be more about rem- memories and traditions and that sort of thing. Anyway, what color are mistletoe berries? White. They are. Holly berry. I was. I have no idea. Red. Really? Mm-hmm. And did you okay. know that holly is actually like a tree, and it can get quite tall? 
No, I did not know that. Yep. My um, friend Ron, who is starring in a Christmas special in Victoria right now, when they lived in Vancouver, they had a holly tree right outside of their condo. And I think they were on the second or third floor and it was actually taller than it. We could see it from their balcony, but it was actually higher than their balcony. Wow. I had no idea. All right. Yeah. I was today years old when I learned, learned about holly berries. Oh, here How we many go. reindeer and can you name them all? I can name the reindeer and I'm always confused if there's nine or 10 of them. So I asked who the 10th one is, and I'll explain. So I want to know how many reindeer and can you name them all? Okay. So that should tell you the answer because I kind of gave it away there. Okay. Then tell me the answer because I feel like there are nine. There are nine reindeer. Okay. But there is a 10th one. Okay. Explain away. No, name them. Oh, okay. Are you going to make sure that I don't duplicate them here? Okay, Dasher, mm-hmm. Dancer, mm-hmm. Prancer, mm-hmm. Comet, mm-hmm. Cupid, mm-hmm. Donner. Or Donder. It's actually written in the poem as Donder. It's a it's a North American to take out the second D. Yeah. Anyway, both are acceptable, Donder or Donner. Okay, Donner. Mm-hmm. Where? How far am I in? Did I say Blitzen? No, I don't think so. Okay. Blitzen. Rudolph. Comet, Cupid, Blitzen, Vixen, Vixen, because I always thought that was really funny to call a reindeer Vixen. So I think some of them are boys and some of them are girls. Okay. But I'm not sure. That's just how my head likes to work. It's um, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid, Donder and Blitzen. So it rhymes. Rudolph. And then the 10th reindeer is Olive. O-L-I-V-E. Because all of the other reindeer, so all of the oh. other reindeer, so there's 10, <laughs> but there's not. It's just a play on words because I like puns. That is hysterical and never in my life did I ever consider that. Would you rather a hundred presents or decorate 10 trees? Wrap a hundred presents. Yeah, I used to be the tree decorator at mom when I was growing up at mom and dad's place. And we always had a tree, like a display tree in the front window, because that's when in those days, the houses all had picture windows Mm -hmm. in the front living rooms. And then I'd go downstairs and do the big ass family tree. Mm -hmm. And I loved doing it. But I think because I did it from the time I think I started when I was like 12 or 13, up until I pretty much moved out from home, I'm over it. Although I do great at wrapping presents. So, yeah. I mean, if I can get away with like wrapping as in gift bags, then yeah, for sure. I'd do a hundred of those. That's true. There's got to be sort of um, conditions. But I think this means like wrapping with proper wrapping paper and bows and like making your bows. And it's like. I want to retract my answer. You want to go back to the 10 trees? Yeah. (laughs) Because you could get it done in like four minutes. It's so true. And then I'm thinking of wrapping. I'm like, I'm such a liar because I generally take all of my stuff to be professionally wrapped. And do you guys do stockings? We do. Uh, We've taken on that tradition of not wrapping them in the stockings from my husband. Because if I remember growing up, my parents did wrap stocking stuffers. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's a cultural thing. 
perhaps, or maybe it's just a time thing because there's 8 million kids in your husband's family. I think that that was mama. Mama needed, mama needed a break. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, screw it. I'm just throwing in. Yeah. Yeah. There is a short story by O. Henry that has been adapted in various forms in sitcoms and movies and that sort of thing. Do you know the title of that short story? Is it called The Necklace? Nope. Mm, I don't. The Gift of the Magi. The Gift of the Magi. Can you tell me more? So it's, don't know if it's actually the story that he wrote. I would need to look it up. But it was written in 1905, I believe. And it's basically, there's variations of it that I've seen in sitcoms over the years where the wife sells her hair to because they're poor and they can't afford to do Christmas gifts. So the wife has these gorgeous long locks and she cuts them off and to buy a new chain for her husband's pocket watch. Okay. And he wants to buy her this beautiful pearl comb or mother of pearl comb. And he has to sell his pocket watch in order to buy the comb for her hair. So it's the selflessness of that sort of thing. Gift of the Magi is a short story by O. Henry, first published in 1905. It tells of a young husband and wife and how they deal with the challenge of buying secret Christmas gifts for each other with very little money. It's a sentimental story with a moral lesson of gift giving. It has been a popular adaptation, especially for presentation at Christmas time. The plot and its twist ending are well known and the ending is generally considered an example of com- our comic irony. So there you go. I'm pretty sure that I read that actually in um, in school. And I was confusing uh, O. Henry with Guy de Montpensant, who did the necklace. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like the modern one would be Christmas shoes. Right. Which okay. I can't listen to the song because it makes me cry every year. Does so, it? Yeah. It's a very sweet song. But I think I actually did it as a, um, a Christmas cantata at one of the churches I attended, maybe. What's a cantata? Concert. Oh, and is that what they call them in the East? Cantatas? Mm. Let's see. What's the difference between a concert and a cantata? It's very posh, cantata. It's like saying party or soiree. I always call it a soiree. A couch or a settee. <laughs> yes. Cantata is a is a work for a choir or and orchestra, usually in several mo- movements. <clears throat> okay, so clear as mud. Sounds too. What's the word? Common. <laughs> so, even though we didn't have an orchestra, we called them cantatas. Okay, because we had a choir. It's, no, it's a choral. <laughs> anyway, I digress. It's very posh. In the classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life, which I've never actually seen. What? You haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, my gosh. We Footloose, and now It's a Wonderful Life? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. that's just the tip of the iceberg, buddy. What happened every time a bell rang? An angel gets its wings. I love that movie. That's one of the ones I watch every Christmas. So I have a tradition of watching um, three movies at Christmas time. It uh, is Sound of Music. No. Die Hard. Keep going. No. Is it one of like the claymation ones? No. It's a Wonderful Life. I love that you threw in Die Hard in there. That cracks me up. I've never seen it. 
but it's arguably a Christmas movie and we'll get so much hate if we say that it's not. So love actually. There's number two, a Christmas story. Oh, is that the I love lamp? Yes. Yes. I love. Okay. I've never seen it. Really? Never seen it. That's why it wasn't even registering for me. On your radar. Yeah. You put in a good effort. I thought you were just going to say, oh, just tell me. Uh, Yeah. That's every year. So um, Christmas story is the one. No, it's so good. So good. All right. Let's uh, let me ask you, would you rather frankincense or myrrh? Both. I'm not fussy about the smell of frankincense. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good for Um, you not fussy about it at all but um it has some amazing anti-aging properties so i'll probably go with frankincense but myrrh does smell pretty good too so i don't know probably frankincense okay i didn't know that it had uh anti-aging properties it does it was gold frankincense and myrrh so those are very prized possessions back in that time that the magi's brought to bethlehem what language was silent night originally written in it was written in, I don't want you to look it up because you'll get the answer. Was it English, French, or German? If I were going to take an educated guess without even knowing the answer, I would have said French. You would be incorrect. Wow. It was written in German and it was it was written by Franz Xavier Gruber, which maybe is why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm now getting the connection. <laughs> Dale knocked. S-T-I-L-L-E. I apologize to our German listeners for butchering this. Still Nacht. So it was written in 1818. He was from Austria, but it was originally written in German. On Christmas Eve of 1818, the young priest of Saint something pulled out a poem he had written several years before called Still Nacht. Okay. He took his poem to the schoolmaster and organist of a nearby town, Franz Xavier Gruber. On a cold Christmas Eve in 1818, Pastor Joseph Franz Moore walked three kilometers from his home in the Austrian village of something to his friend Franz Xavier Gruber in the neighboring town. I cannot pronounce these names. That's why I'm not saying them. Um, Moore brought with him a poem he had written some two years earlier. He desperately needed a carol for the Christmas Eve midnight mass. That was only hours away. He hoped his friend, school teacher, who had also served as the church's choir master and organist, could set his poem to music. One of the amazing things about this carol is that Franz Gruber composed the still knocked melody for more in just a few hours on that December 24th, 19 or 1818. I thought I was just going to get the pronunciation. Sorry. Heilige. Okay. So I was pronouncing the night correctly. I wasn't pronouncing the first part correctly, but still. Stilla. Stilla Nacht was the original for Silent Night. There you yes. Go. All right. Let's do one more here. Okay. I want to know, because you probably know this, mm-hmm. what carol is also known by the title Green Sleeves? What child is this? Holy smokes. Really? Mm-hmm. How did you know that? 
genius. I don't know. You are. Um, why is it called Green Sleeves then? I don't know. It's like three blind mice. That's the same as hot cross buns and so many other things. Okay. What Child Is This is a Christmas carol whose lyrics were written by William Chatterton Dix in 1865. At the time of composing the carol, Dix worked as an insurance company manager and had been stuck by, struck by a severe illness. While recovering, he underwent a spiritual renewal that led him to write several hymns, including lyrics to this carol that was subsequently set to the tune of Greensleeves, a traditional English folk song. Although it was written in Great Britain, the carol is more popular in the United States than its country of origin today. Away in a Manger has two um, same lyrics, two tunes to it. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, Holy Night used to be one of my favorite Christmas carols. I want a blank for Christmas. Only a blank will do. Fill in the blanks. I have a seven-year-old child. I know this. Hippopotamus and it's her. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It's one of my favorites too. It's her favorite Christmas song. Elvis was having a blue Christmas. Is it blue? Yeah. Um, Have a blue Christmas. Can you do the Elvis lip? A blue. Yeah, I have an uncle who's an Elvis impersonator. Are you kidding me? I think that I come by it genetically. It's not Christmas without. I'm going to finally answer that question. Honestly, I mean, fighting was honest, but it's not Christmas until I hear Hard Candy Christmas with Dolly and Kenny. Okay. I love that answer. It's not Christmas without Dolly and Kenny singing Hard Candy Christmas. Okay. Beautiful. I think that is perfect to wrap up this episode for now. And then we're, yeah. Oh, dear, Maya. Look at the time. Cat, you slay me because I think that deer was spelled D E E R. <laughs> <laughs> and it's now time to dash. It's time for me to jingle all the way to the store for ingredients for some Christmas cookies. We truly appreciate all your love and support with this little passion project of ours. We are so close to 1,300 downloads. That is due to all of your hard work our fellow listeners. Uh, we do ask that you please don't forget to tell your friends is clearly working. So you can find back alley banter on Apple podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at back alley banter. And we're now on Facebook and Twitter as well. Thank you so much for sharing your holidays with us. We wouldn't be in our seats if you weren't in yours. We do know that you have choices in podcasts out there and we're sure glad that you chose ours. Goodbyes are not forever goodbyes are not the end. It simply means I'll miss you until we meet again. Be kind. Be safe. Until we meet again. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you for your attention and we hope to welcome you on board in the near future.